0: If you have dark patches or pigment spots on your skin, then take action with Eucerin's Anti-Pigment Facial Skin Care Range. All products in the range contain thiamidol, an exclusive ingredient that targets the root cause by reducing melanin production. While the Anti-Pigment Dual Serum contains hyaluronic acid to help skin feel plump. Incorporate the Eucerin Anti-Pigment Day Cream, Night Cream, Dual Serum and Spot Corrector into your skin routine and see first visible results after two weeks. Get more even, radiant-looking skin with Eucerin. Individual results may vary. Use the full Eucerin Anti-Pigment range regularly for best results. Eucerin Anti-Pigment Day, Night and Dual Serum are available in selected pharmacy stores and online. Eucerin Anti-Pigment Spot Corrector is available online only. Welcome
1: to the second series of the Beauty of It All. Now this is the beauty obsessed big sister that you've always wanted, hosted by me, Vic Hope, with Superdrug. The Beauty of It All takes a backstage look at the beauty industry, the issues facing it, and all the news and discussions that you've been craving. Now this episode, we're going to be going skin deep. We're talking about what it's like to live with skin conditions such as rosacea, acne, and vitiligo. We'll explore why there is so much pressure to have flawless, smooth skin, and what can be to change this narrative. How do skin conditions affect your confidence? And how do you learn to find acceptance for yourself? Joining me today are Olivia Bowen, the former Love Island favorite who has her own fashion label, Exempt Society, and who is passionate about sharing her skin journey online. Lex Gillies, AKA Talented Lex, the award-winning blogger and skin positivity campaigner who has shone a light on what it's like to live with rosacea and one of the UK's leading dermatologists and author of the skincare bible, Dr. Angelie Marton. Hello, guys. How are you? Hi. 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 How are you? Thank you. I'm really good. Thank you so much for joining me. It's so nice to see all your beautiful faces over Zoom. I know we can't like actually be here in person, but it's great to, to speak to you today. <laughs> um, I just want to discuss, I think, first and foremost, your personal skin journeys. Um, because I think it's something that a lot of people could probably relate to. Um, Olivia, I'll come to you first. When did you first realise... That you were struggling with your skin. Do
2: you know what? I think it's been a bit of an up and down thing. I think for women in general and when you go through your teen years, you do struggle. It's just sort of normal. It doesn't seem normal at the time. But it's a normal thing that we all go through. But I actually um, started to get rosacea about... I think it was about a couple of years ago before I got married and it just it never really bothered me too much um, but then it started to get worse and then I didn't know how to handle it and then obviously you don't really see anything online about rosacea no one really talks about it that much um, I think you see a lot of posts about acne and things like that but rosacea was one of them ones that I actually had no idea what it was and it actually fled up again in lockdown mm. and I had no clue what it was I didn't know how to get rid of it um, but luckily um, being in the situation that I am I find a lot of people sort of message me and talk to me about it and you can see now well people at home can't see but I don't really wear a stitch of makeup in general and I've really learned to just grasp my confidence along the way so it's something that yeah it bothered me in school maybe and um, when I started to have it flare up eventually again but now I think not so much and especially because there are so many bloggers now that are coming out and talking about skin issues and how to live
1: with it and how to be confident with it. Yes, you know it's a really good point. Like we're all in our houses and we're kind of connecting over these like virtual platforms. I wonder how much that's changed people's confidence and changed their self perception when it comes to their skin. Because you, I mean, you can't really, you can't really see very much. But then it's not really about other people as much as about yourself and how you feel so Lex what was your first reaction to realizing that you had a skin condition
3: um so I didn't I didn't really realize that I had a skin condition I just my skin was getting worse and worse by the day and I I never really had any problems with my skin whatsoever I was one of those very annoying girls growing up that didn't really get acne or anything like that so I'd never thought about my skin And then it just started to get worse and worse and worse. And I assumed that I would go to the doctor and he would say it's an allergic reaction or like here's a cream or here's some tablets. And I just assumed that it would be gone within a week. Um, So it never even really crossed my mind that it was a skin condition or something more serious. So to go to the doctor at 21 and be told that um, I had rosacea and that basically there was no cure and I would have to deal with it for the rest of my life, um, I was just completely blown away I didn't really know how to deal with that it wasn't something I was expecting wasn't something I'd thought about um and I think I was just in denial to be honest I kind of couldn't believe that this was something that would never go away I think when you're especially when you're that age you kind of feel a bit indestructible and you kind of don't don't think that anything can touch you so it was really really hard to deal with um and I, I felt very uh, alone. I didn't really know where to turn. I didn't have any kind of advice or support. Um, so, yeah, it was a really, really scary time. Yeah, you both both mentioned, like, not seeing other people
1: talk about this can make you feel so alone, and that knocks your confidence. And it's a vicious cycle because, yes, it's just your skin, but it's it, it, this is what you present to the world, and this is who you feel you are and who you feel you can be. You mentioned going to the doctor there, so... Dr. Anjali, it makes sense to, to ask, what are the most common skin conditions that people come to you with?
0: Probably acne, rosacea and pigmentation. So often conditions that will affect the face, probably because again, that is what you present first. If you've got other skin conditions that affect other parts of the body, you can obviously hide those with clothing or conceal them in some way. It's much, much harder to do that with your face. So I think facial skin conditions, not only do they cause the most distress in some ways, but they're usually the first to present as well.
1: Well, let's talk about confidence then because you you both mentioned how you felt self-conscious of your skin. What sort of knock-on effect does that have on your confidence, Olivia?
2: Um, I mean, I've gone through a few things, um, you know, in my teen years, then getting older, then being in the public eye. Um, There's a few things that have knocked my confidence. Actually, I had psoriasis as well, really, really bad um, when I was younger. started to um, just go all over my body and it was completely I was completely covered head to toe and it was actually my first girls holiday that I was going on and it just suddenly had this huge outbreak all in my hair so it looked like I had really bad dandruff and all the um all my skin went red and scaly and then after i'd been in the sun on my holiday i still went so i've always been quite confident in i'll just go i'll just do it and i'll just do a bit at the time but after being in the sun it all bleached and it all went white so i had all these white patches all over me and i just felt like a giraffe and i remember calling myself a giraffe at the time and you know when you sort of try and make light of something to make yourself feel better and feel more accepted and I I remember that so well and I just remember having to be in a bikini and just feeling like everyone is looking at my body and at my face and at my hair and you just even though a lot of people aren't and I think that's what you start to realize is that we are all in the same boat and I think that only comes with growth and in age and in realization that this is just life and it's just normal it's nothing to be ashamed of um but it's definitely taken a long time for me to pick up that journey and just accept the way I am but confidence I think is just getting there eventually with age and it's scarier when you're younger but when you're older you're like oh I don't care (laughs)
1: being in the public eye as well like there's a lot to deal with there's a lot going on inside your head Mm. anyway and this acceptance or validation that we kind of like strive for from other people is it's overwhelming especially if you don't know what it is that's going on with your body like like like, i don't even know what it is by the way i love giraffes my favorite animal but that's beside (laughs) the point (laughs) why did you decide to share your skin journey and to to talk about it on social media because you have got this platform you have got this following Mm.
2: Well, that's the whole point. Like you said, I've got this platform, I've got a following. So, for me to go through that at that age and not see anyone talk about it, not see any girls really sort of online or in magazines without makeup on, that's why I think it's so important just to be myself online, talk about things that I would have wished another woman would have spoken about at my age. And to see that now and to see so many bloggers doing the same thing, I feel like there's a new revolution of Instagram and we're bringing it and it's going to happen and it's going to get real. And I think everyone should be a part of it just because that young girl that you once were that had worries about their body or their skin or whatever, there's people out there that can make you feel
1: more at home just by sort of shouting to their followers and saying look I had this too. Well Lex that's exactly what you do as um, a British Skin Foundation ambassador, a a blogger who it feels it feels like you've made it your mission to to make the internet a friendly online community for others with a condition. Why was it that you wanted to do that and create that space?
3: I think it's similar to what Olivia was just saying I kept thinking back to when I was 21 and I had no information. I didn't know what I was doing. And so I did what anyone would do. I went on the internet and searched and there was no information really out there. Um, and I ended up on some American forums where there was just normal people saying, have you tried this? Have you tried cutting out this? I tried this. And it was just, it. that was what started off my journey and made me able to see that, you know, there were triggers, there were things that I shouldn't be doing, things that I should be doing. And so I when I started my blog, I didn't really expect any anything to come from it. I just wanted to talk about it to acknowledge why I wasn't ever seen without makeup or why I always wore really heavy foundation and things like that. So I never really started off with the intention of sharing my story about rosacea, but the response I got was so incredible. And it made me realize that there are so, still so many people getting diagnosed every day who are in that exact same position because although so many people know what acne is, what psoriasis is, what eczema is, people, when you say rosacea to people, they just look blank. They just have no idea what you're talking about. And it's so common. They think that it's one in 10 people in the UK have rosacea. So it baffles me that more people don't know what it is. But I see my blog as basically what I would want to read when I was 21, what I wish I'd stumbled across when I was first diagnosed, everything I've learned over the past 15 years, trying like trying every product under the sun, trying everything. And then, I can just put it all in one place on my blog and people can come there and just see what I've tried and what I do. Dr. Anjali, what is the situation with information that is out there for people who uh,
1: might be confused about skin conditions that they're suffering from? Uh, uh, Is there enough, do you feel, or is this something that is building, gaining momentum?
0: It's a difficult one, actually, because we've kind of touched on the fact that social media can bring together communities that otherwise wouldn't be able to interact with each other. So the skin positivity movement has taken off as a result of that. But the flip side of having so much connection is there's also a lot of misinformation about these skin conditions that exist. And that can be problematic, particularly from, say, my end, when patients are coming in and they're saying, look, I've tried cutting all of these things out of my diet. I've tried all of these skincare products. You know, they've been missold information. And not only does that lead to a lot of waste of money, but it's also time, it's worsening self-esteem over that time. So I think we live in a really tricky age at the moment where it's a real double-edged sword having social media because whilst the connection is there, the risk of misinformation and the bad information that you can get is also very high that goes along with that as well.
1: Where is the best place for us to be looking towards if if we think you know, there's something that is bothering us I our skin?
0: So I think a good place to start would be reputable sites like, for example, the British Association of Dermatologists have got a lot of patient information leaflets. So I think those are good medical starting points. But then I think the next step, and and people do this increasingly, is looking to other people that suffer. So for example, Lex's blog, I direct most of my rosacea patients to that, because there's a lot of useful information on finding your triggers on how to conceal if you want to conceal, you know, and looking out for other potential sort of skincare things that could help. So then I think it's a case of looking around, being aware of the information that my patients are probably looking at and sifting through that and going, that's a good source. That's where I want to direct them. Because let's face it, at the end of the day, skin is very individual and what works for one person may not work for somebody else. I think the key thing is to be very critical of the sources of information that you're using Reputable sites, but not just reputable sites. You know, don't assume that because it's worked for somebody else, it's going to work for you.
1: It can feel so overwhelming. I mean, it's, everything medical can feel so overwhelming when you look at the internet. It's a big old place, but it, it can be overwhelming for a number of reasons as well because people can say things about you. I mean, Olivia, you're in the public eye and. I know firsthand how nasty it can be on Twitter or less so Instagram, but you know, they're not always the safest spaces. Um, What have other people's reactions been like? How have they affected you or have they affected you?
2: Um, They've definitely affected me in the past. I think when someone points something out to you that you yourself are aware of, it definitely makes it harder. I think sometimes if, if someone says something about something I'm not bothered about, then I can brush it off. But if someone was to say, oh, I can see psoriasis in your scalp, that's disgusting. That would trigger me because... I myself feel really self-conscious about it. Um, but again, over the years that I've been in the public eye, I have just learned to block and delete people. Honestly, the block button is my favorite thing. <laughs> I just find Tell it so much it. easier. <laughs> yeah, just to block and delete. And if it's if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. But to deal with things like that, you you do need a good group of friends around you, family. And that's why I love the fact that we do have bloggers out there speaking about it because these people can then go to others that they feel comfortable with and say, Oh my God, someone said this about me. And then you're looking at someone else that is going through the same experience and realizing that you're not alone. And I think I- eventually I've just realized that these people that are saying these nasty things are just very unhappy and are probably suffering from the same thing you are. So it's always, like you said, it's a double-edged sword with Mm. with social media. Sometimes it's really great and it can make you feel really good. And sometimes it's horrendous and it can make you feel a lot worse, but you just have to be aware of what you're looking at, what you're reading and
1: and how much you should take that in. Lex, do you ever find that um, blogging is cathartic in itself like it's therapeutic in itself and that can help you gain confidence
3: definitely I think that being able to kind of just pour out all my feelings explain exactly how I'm feeling has been has been so helpful to me and finding the community has been one of the biggest things I think that has um, changed the way I feel about my rosacea just being able to talk to the people who not only understand what you're going through but just to be able to scroll through my feed and see people who look like me which for so many years was just not not an option I didn't know anybody else outside my family who had skin that looked like mine there were no models there were no celebrities there was nobody that I could look up to and that makes you feel so isolated And I think that similar to to what Olivia was saying, that it's, you know, there's, The reason I do what I do is so I can help people, but it's also so that I can educate people because if you've never had a skin condition, if you've never loved someone that's had a skin condition, you don't know how hard it is and you don't know how horrible the things you're saying could be. A lot of the comments I get are from people who think they're making a hilarious joke. It's people who say, oh, caught the sun at the weekend or, oh, you've had a few too many drinks, have you? And it's just like, if that's the 500th time you're hearing that in your life, it's just, it begins to really get you down. And I think so many people, if you, you know, I turn, I have the confidence now to turn around and say, actually, it's an incurable skin condition, but thanks for bringing it up. And their faces, they're mortified because nobody, most people won't want to make somebody feel awful about the way they look. But it's just a lack of education and a lack of representation. And I think that's what's slowly changing. If we're seeing more and more people in the media who look different to the mainstream, I think more and more people will be aware of that and then they'll make less comments on people who do look different
1: well that's it isn't it representation the the industry has a lot to answer for on so many levels on so many things
0: at Superdrug, we want you to love the skin you're in. And Superdrug's Online Doctor can support with skin-related help you need. We assist with a variety of serious skin conditions including acne, psoriasis, and eczema. Just head to onlinedoctor.superdrug.com to find out more and see the services available. Online Doctor service subject to terms and conditions. Our doctor will review your medical assessment to determine if you are suitable for treatment. If you are medically unsuitable for our service, we will refund fully suitable for customers aged 18 years or above only
1: dr angeli why is there so much pressure in the beauty industry to have flawless smooth skin
0: unfortunately i don't think this is a new thing i think if you look at the way women have been judged across time it's always been about perfect skin and glossy hair and a certain body shape and they almost all come together I think what we're seeing at the moment is it's almost heightened because of social media and because of all of the images that we're bombarded with, combined with the use of filters that, you know, nearly everybody will use on Instagram. So from a clinical point of view, you know, I sometimes have people come in saying, I want to look like me in this photograph with that filter that I have applied. And it is so difficult to then say, you know, there's no such thing as Paula's skin. Like you cannot create that illusion that you're holding on your smartphone. It's not physically possible to do that. So I think it's a real shame that we're missold this idea that perfect skin is actually something that's achievable for most of us. If you are that lucky person, that is just down to genetics. You know, you you won the kind of lottery in terms of what the skin <laughs> was going to do. But for the vast majority of us, it's not achievable. And we do need to see more representation to recognize that.
1: Representation in um, campaigns as well, like makeup campaigns?
0: I think it's across the board. It's, it's not just beauty and makeup. It's TV, it's adverts, it's magazines. It's everywhere you look, we are lacking visible skin conditions.
1: Now, we're going to hear from Shankar Jalota. He's also known as the Vitiligo Man on Instagram. And Shankar uses his platform to help inspire people around living with vitiligo and sharing his journey. I'm now joined by Shankar Jalota, also known as the Vitiligo Man on Instagram. Shankar uses his platform to help inspire people around living with vitiligo and sharing his journey. Welcome, how are
4: you? I'm very well, Vic. Thank you so much for having me.
1: No, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, now, you used to hide your vitiligo, right?
4: Yes, um, I used to hide my vitiligo for a number of years, actually. There, there was a point in my life where my vitiligo, although it started very small, it grew into, into like a, a massive like, circular uh, part in my left eye. It grew on my chest and my legs and all over my body. But the one thing I was really conscious of is I wasn't happy with my appearance. Mm -hmm. So I used to uh, wear makeup and I used to wear makeup every day. It was a part of my daily routine when I got up in the morning and I'd take it off at night. And this routine sort of followed me for a good number of years. You're looking at six or seven years. And that was just so I was able to feel confident to go out in the morning.
1: Why do you think it impacted your confidence
4: so much? I felt like it wasn't normal. I felt like society didn't deem vitiligo as normal Um, and I guess I didn't know anyone who had vitiligo um, when I was younger and it was only as I got older did I start to see more people with it and that was only because of like social media and seeing people like celebrate themselves but really like I, I couldn't embrace who I was and I look back at those moments now and really reflect back and think, what a shame! What a shame to mm. have you know those developing years of your life being being hid behind makeup, being hid behind who you truly are. And I'm glad I'm at one with it now.
1: Well, what made you eventually decide to share your story and, like as you say, become at one with it, which I guess involves
4: not wearing makeup? Yeah. So you know what, Vic, it absolutely happened by accident, um, and. I always think like everything happens for a reason. Right. And it's like a moral I stick with in life no matter what happens. Yeah, but me too. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we're the same there because this was yeah, on what well, I basically the, the story goes is I was on placement year in London. Now, those that have done placement year before know that it's it's so important to make the right impressions and everyday sort of counts. So uh, I woke up at a friend's house uh, and I was just getting ready, following my normal daily routine. So That could be like putting on my shirt, you know, getting my suit on. Uh, And the last thing I'd do is put on my makeup. So I I remember, you know, reaching into my bag and my makeup wasn't there. And I I honestly couldn't believe it. Like I always remember lifting up my empty bag at the time and shaking it because I couldn't Mm -hmm. believe my makeup wasn't there. And I sort of had this mental battle straight away, like, oh, my God. What, what do I do? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a choice. You know, do I, do I go into work and, you know, without my makeup, face the music, but be really petrified of what people thought of me? And bearing in mind, people have never seen me without makeup and work before. Or do I, you know, go home, call in sick, but then, you know, let down the team, let down, you know, what my whole purpose there on placement was. And, you know, with that, I, I had to rethink. Really uh, I'm not going to lie, I stared in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, for about a good thirty minutes, having this mental battle in my head, I, I spoke to my friends about you know what should I do, and you know I did get some words of encouragement uh, which was, which was great but it it 's not about that it 's about your own personal journey and those that you know have a visible difference of any kind will know that no matter what, you're, what no matter what people say it 's about what you 're going through and what you can take to to, to the next level if you 're able to break out of that mold. And I was very fortunate to, to to make the right decision. I'd say that day and go into work without my makeup because you know what, Vic? It, it actually wasn't that bad. Like yeah. People, people ask questions. Of course, they're curious. You know, but you, you take it as a chance to educate them. You know, you take it as a chance to 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 really show you show them who you are. And honestly. That was a day my life changed.
1: It's liberating, isn't it? Once you realise that what you are is who you can be. You don't have to change yourself. You don't yes. have to be anything more, anything less. And it's, it's interesting because we care so much about what other people think about us. But you've yeah. completely hit the nail on the head. It's about how we feel about ourselves. And actually, they're not going to really notice. I've always thought no one cares about you as much as you care about yourself. And that's sort of how it should be. So you've got to treat yeah. yourself kindly. Um, and what did you feel like you learned from that? turning point and, and I think it's interesting that you mentioned that there was this moment there was this day and I completely know that feeling that where's my makeup what we're we gonna <laughs> do but the thing is that could have happened at any point in your life you could have had that turning point but you had yeah. it that day what did you learn from it and what made you decide to speak out and share your story with others
4: yeah so I guess I learned that it's not as bad as what you think it's going to be like you, you, you really can conquer anything. And even though, like your inner demons inside are, are telling you, you know, don't do it. You know, you, you know, people are going to stare at you. People are going to ask questions. You know, you know, you're, you're not worthy of be, being normal. And that sounds crazy, but I, like that's what that's what goes up, you know, mentally yeah. up there. So you know, being able to to sort of break out of that and being able to sort of be ready to to tell, tell my story, to then be ready to to inspire people along with that. That is what I find is like the, the gift. That's what, you know, that's what encouraged me to be, to say, you know what, I want to speak out now. And, you know, it started on my platform. So my, my social media platform you mentioned before, like, the Vital Man. It was a great foundation for me to be able to celebrate who I was. But then also find out about other people who have the same condition as me and then find out about other people who have different conditions. Yeah. And, you know, then there's this like, massive community that, that are there. And it's, it's honestly an absolute beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, well, you just mentioned the skin positivity community, all about celebrating the skin that we are all in, whatever that skin may look like or feel like. How important has that community been to you?
4: Oh, it's been absolutely so, so important. And I'd say to anyone, doesn't matter if you have a visible difference or not, to follow like a skin positivity, like movement or to follow like a page, because you you, you see there's so much uniqueness and beauty in a lot of people. And unfortunately, like with a lot of like, let's say, fashion or brands and stuff like that, a lot of it is still hidden behind closed doors. Now, don't get me wrong, a, a lot are doing it, but there are those that, you know, that aren't. So with the whole skin positivity community, it teaches you about people's uniqueness. It teaches you about people's stories, how far they've come, what battles they've faced. And that in itself is is tr- tr- tremendous because it inspires you to keep yeah. going. It inspires you to share, keep sharing your story, keep helping other people. And the amazing thing I'll say with that is when I like, first started like, social media, like Instagram, uh, I, I didn't see a lot of it. And over the past two years, this community has grown so strong and, and so much that it's – I literally take a step back and think, oh, my God, like, wow, like, we're a part of this. Like, we built this. And, and I, I, I thought that anyone who's, like, going through these struggles now, it's, it's, it's like a lifeline, Look at it, you know, you're not by yourself, you've got everyone here around you, and we can go through this together. We
1: are, we're all in it together. Um, and we all should be kind and supportive of one one another, but also celebrate ourselves. You know, we so often don't love ourselves. Like, come on, (laughs) yes, absolutely. (laughs) Finally, what advice would you give to someone who might be struggling with the same feelings that you used to have that inadequacy or that lack of confidence or self worth?
4: Absolutely. So, I've got this quote I say, right. Um, and this quote has followed me for, for years. Uh, and, and what it is, is don't they let your vitiligo define your insecurities. Let it define your confidence. And it's like, it sounds quite generic, right? And people don't understand no. the meaning. So I, I, I'll, go, I'll go a bit more into it. Like When you let your vitiligo like, or your skin difference control you, rather than you control it, it can lead to like the world of mental battles that one faces. Now, when you go through those mental battles, it really like pushes you down. You, you don't fool yourself. It stops you in life just taking opportunities. It stops you from from feeling happy. And that's so unfair. But if you if you're able to control it, if you're able to control you know, your confidence in that way, you know, they, they say, that, you know, the, the stars are the limit. But you can do anything you want to do because you've already just faced the biggest battle that you're going to face in life.
1: That's incredibly i think poignant at a time like this especially we've got so much else in the world that could hold us back don't let it be your skin because that's yours you know um that's really inspiring thank you so much it's been so lovely to speak to you And i'm sure anyone listening who is in a similar position will take a lot from that so thank you
4: thank you so much for having me Vic.
1: no no problems great to chat to you She feels so inspired hearing about Shankar's experiences and his journey, but also how he's then harnessing that to help other people and to feel good about himself and to love himself and to celebrate his skin, the skin that he's in. How how do you relate to this idea of celebrating the skin that you're in, Olivia?
2: I think, I think it's amazing that anyone sort of goes out and purposefully, tries to make others feel better by putting themselves in the limelight and putting themselves at the forefront of celebrating their own skin. And to me, it's just about realising that... The skin is literally just a shell. Like this is this whole thing, our face, our bodies, they're just a shell of what you really are inside. And the fact that our society, and I'm not gonna lie, I've been part of it because I'm in the public eye, because I'm promoting fashion and, 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 and skincare on Instagram. I'm part of it, but I'm also part of people making sure that they do celebrate what's in, on the inside and realizing that, yeah, you can celebrate your skin, you can celebrate your body, but really what matters is who you are, what you're doing, and what you're about, and how you're helping others. And I hope that continues to come across because when you're 70, you've got wrinkles, you're 80, you know, that (laughs) is just life. Like, I'm going to be tattooed to the eyeballs when I'm 80. I'm not going to look great, but I know that I'm a good person. And I feel like that is what we should be concentrating on. And that is what... Now that we're speaking about it and even meeting you guys, it, it makes me realise that I want to portray that even further and just make sure people know it is skin deep, beauty is skin deep.
1: And it's something that we are all realising that I feel like it this is a movement that mm-hmm. is growing. It's growing at a, a, yeah. an alarming rate, which is brilliant. Um, I mean, 65,000 posts, I think, with the hashtag skin positivity um, and people, you know, choosing to curate their feeds to show a bigger variety of different skin types. It's a, it's a community that people can turn to for support. Lex, what what's the reactions been like to your blog? Uh, have they made you realise how important it is to share your story um, with followers? Yeah, absolutely. I
3: think, you know, I mentioned earlier, there still aren't that many, um, you know, dedicated rosacea bloggers out there. I've been doing this for seven years. I think I've been blogging now about my rosacea. And over that time, there's been a few accounts cropping up here and there, but it's still very much, you know, you look at the acne community on Instagram, and it is enormous. And it's just so powerful. Um, And I think that, The reaction I've had has been so incredible just because there there aren't that many people talking about it and it's still so unusual to see people not only sharing um, their naked face but just talking really honestly about the bad days, about how it makes you feel, about how it affects you psychologically because I think, especially over the past couple of years, there's been more conversations about rosacea, more brands talking about it, more magazines and things, but they focus very much on the physical Um, Whereas for me, stress is my biggest trigger. So I can't really separate the physical and the psychological side of my skin condition. So I think I try and talk so much about not only the way that living with a skin condition affects me personally from the point of view of day-to-day kind of management, but also about the psychological side because it's it's just not really spoken about. And I think that's the thing that most people struggle with. That's the thing that I get most... Um, messages and emails about. It's not just, you know, people saying what's the best moisturizer. It's people saying, I don't know how I'm going to go to work tomorrow because my face looks like this. How on earth do I go out on a date when I can't even look in the mirror? You know, these things that people struggle with every single day that people might not consider if they don't have a skin condition, how much it affects you day to day. And so I think a lot of the reaction is just people saying how, how much it affects them to see somebody just out there living their life and doing what they do while also having rosacea. I think that it's, I think for some people that's just transformative.
1: Dr. Anjali, when someone comes to you with a skin condition and there is clearly a very um, deep-rooted psychological or emotional effect that it's having on them, what can you say or do, how can you advise, guide, direct them
0: Yeah, I I think the first thing is, is recognizing it. And I think historically, the medical community haven't been great at recognizing the psychological impact that skin conditions can cause. So it's not just the fact that you're diagnosing somebody with a condition that they may have for the rest of their life. It's also the fact that when it might clear up, because skin conditions are up and down, you will go through good periods and bad periods with them. But it's the fact that you don't know when that next flare up might occur you know, and then it's living with the uncertainty of being unable to control your skin. And that in itself, even when your skin is good, can drive anxiety and low self-esteem and stress. And then you're stressed, and then your skin condition gets worse, and then your skin condition is worse, and then you're more stressed, and that cycle just with me. Yeah. So one of the things that, that personally I like to do in practice is if I flag it's an issue, and the way that I try and do it is by asking questions like, do you feel self-conscious about your skin? Does your skin stop you doing anything? Is there anything you think you'd be able to do right now or in the next couple of days that you just don't feel like you're able to? Are you able to leave the house without makeup? And all of those give you a pretty good indicator of how much their skin is tied to their self-esteem. And if I find that that is a problem, I think working with a clinical psychologist can be really, really helpful because they are very good at being able to, firstly, coping mechanisms for how one can limit stress, it's impossible to remove stress in modern day life, but finding ways to be in control of your skin rather than your skin controlling you is so, so vital. So I think it's, it's flagging the issue. And then secondly, being quite open, and quite direct with your patients and asking the questions. And then thirdly, referring on to a clinical psychologist that's going to be able to help talk through all of that. this is really
1: good advice. And it's very practical advice. Um, and, you know, what you said about controlling your skin and your skin not controlling you is not just skin deep right so that's that's psychological that's you you feeling in control um as a human being what's inside um olivia do you feel like the skin positivity movement online is something that can help that insofar as not feeling alone but then on top of that feeling empowered
2: it is hard because we're, we're all we all struggle from different things we all have our insecurities and i think hearing that people don't go to work because of a skin condition it it literally is heartbreaking because it, it pains me because skin is just skin and I really wish that we could just make people realize that and I think this movement will start to make people feel more normal and more accepted and give them the ability to find the information that they need to find to live a happy life.
1: Well, definitely. Let's, let's look at the future, um, for all our little girls and our little boys and their feelings of self worth. Let's talk about what we can do going forward and progress the conversation. Um, Lex, what advice would you give to someone who currently is struggling with their skin?
3: Um, so over time, I've developed a little bit of a catchphrase. Um, okay, which I love a catchphrase. <laughs> is that your skin does not define you? It's the least interesting thing about you, which is kind of what we've just been saying. It's it's such a small facet of who you are. It's so strange that we could be, we could end up being so defined and let something rule our lives when it's just like, this is just the skin I was born with. I was, you know, I have a, I have a skin condition. I also have, you know, blue eyes. Like it's just, they, these are just things that make uh, make us who we are. And you're still, I'm still the person I was before, at 20. Nothing massive happened at 21 that, you know, suddenly changed who I was as a person. All of my friends and family love me just as much as they did before i don't i don't choose my friends or my family based on their skin you know it's just all these things are so we know they make sense in our rational brain we know that it doesn't make a difference how we look it matters who we are as a person and i think that i think that the the thing that makes us who we are is who we are on the inside and The more we see people who look slightly different to us the more we realize that everybody is different in their own way and it's it's ridiculous to compare yourself to anybody else and our differences make us beautiful that's what makes us
1: interesting like it would be so boring if we were all the same um I, I love this idea that your skin is the least interesting thing about you it's so true and what's inside is someone who should be kind but kind to other people but also kind to yourself I think we so so often we we really put ourselves down and we don't we don't need to do that we can we can be so much happier we can help one another though as well so what would you say to the friend of someone who's living with a skin condition um how important is it to be understanding And it what ways can you be um i guess helpful and uh, empathetic olivia if, if if you had a friend who was going through something similar how would how would you talk to them what what guidance could you give
2: I think it's a hard one because I think sometimes there's a line when you haven't been through something yourself and someone who hasn't been through it then Ted says to you oh you'll be fine look at these pictures online they look like you you're okay I think you have to look deeper than that you have to sort of not even I, I don't even think if a friend was suffering with that, I would not go up to them and say, this is what you should do with your skin, this, this and this. I'd just take them away from that. I think making them realize that there's more to life than sorting their skin out. And, you know, if I had the knowledge of someone that would help them, I would pass that on to them. But really, as a friend, my job would be to make them happy in other ways than something I haven't experienced. I'd be empathetic, but I think the best thing to do is keep their mind off it, make them enjoy life, go out, have fun and
1: and remind them that there's more than your skin. There is, there's There's so much more than your skin. Uh, how important is it to understand that Dr Anjali and, and how would you like to see the conversation change around skin conditions?
0: I mean, I think one of the things I would say is giving people unsolicited advice is is never welcome. You know, most people that have a skin condition know they have a skin condition. It's not very helpful to go up to them and say, have you tried X, Y, or Z when they haven't asked for your opinion? But I think one of the other things that, that we can all collectively do is also take responsibility for the fact that we are currently living in a time where there is excessive value placed on aesthetics and what we look like. So if we have got young nieces young daughters you know young girls that are in our network it's really important that we think about the language and how we speak to them you know it's not about being pretty as a princess it's about what can your body do not what it looks like so i think that's that's one thing i think the second thing in terms of collectively what we can all do is we can also kind of curate what information we are consuming as well you know if your social media is just full of filtered faces You are inevitably going to end up feeling bad about yourself or getting a skewed view of what the world should look like. So it's also taking a bit of responsibility for that and going, you know what, that is a trigger for me. I am not going to look at that. I don't need to look at that. And then I think the third thing probably is as we start to see increased representation, diversity, a lot of this is going to become normalized. It's just the fact that we are not seeing images at the moment of people that are suffering with their skin. People are embarrassed. They are stigmatized. And to actually see people come out and go, this is my skin and I am proud of it. And it does not take away from the person that I am or what I can achieve is incredibly empowering to then other people that are suffering with the same thing. I
1: think on that note, yeah, we want to make the world a more accepting place on so many levels. And this that we've just talked about now is, is, is purely skin deep, but this should be our, our mission when it comes to everything i want to say thank you so much for being so honest and being so open today i'm sure that anyone who's listening right now who may be struggling with the skin that they're in can take a lot from your stories and your advice and the skin positivity community but also there's some very practical advice there um it's really so inspiring so thank you olivia lex angelie and Shankar gelotta and um, for joining me thank you so much thank you for listening as well i'm Vic hope and this is the beauty of it all take care If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to make sure you never miss out on a new one. And why not leave us a review too? Thanks, guys. See you next time.